Welcome to my podcast, Empyrean, a podcast where we talk about kingdom realities and the deeper things of God and of his spirit. If this podcast episode blesses you, be sure to connect with me further by following me on Instagram, Darnell Craig, Facebook, Darnell Craig, or Clubhouse, Darnell Craig. To further connect, you can also visit my website, www.darnellcraig, and visit my online store for teachings and webinars that will help you grow in your relationship with God or to enroll in my school or academia. Also, those who are touched and moved and want to know where to give, you can give on PayPal, Darnell Craig, Cash App, Darnell Craig, and Venmo, Darnell Craig. I pray this episode blesses you, changes your life, and brings you closer to the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. On today's episode of Empyrean, I want to talk about living for the audience of one. I want to go to Galatians chapter one. I want to start with verse six. It says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that calls you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have pre- we have preached unto you, let them be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, and that ye have received, let them be accursed. It says, For now do I persuade men or God, and do I seek to please men? For if yet I pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. We're going to jump to verse 1, because I want to um, talk about this before I get into it. Verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised them from the dead. Um, and I think that is very key and timely in the times in which we live, um, because there are a lot of apostles who were appointed apostles by men, but were never called to be apostles by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only person that can call you to be an apostle. Um, and I, I feel like in this generation, there are many people who are walking in callings because they were called so by men. And I believe that before there is an outward call, I believe there should also be an inward witness. I believe that God has to first reveal. Uh, I can't really control the order, but if there is an outward um, calling, there has to be an inward calling as well. And if there is an inward calling, there has to be an outward calling as well. And um, people are unwilling to forge their purpose and destiny on the anvil of prayer. You know, the place of prayer is where you come to know your purpose and destiny in prayer. When you spend time in the presence of God, when you become vulnerable, naked and unashamed, open hearted, before the Lord, and as the Lord brings healing, restoration, builds you up, validation, honor, praise, um, affirmation in his presence. These things come in God's presence. The Bible says there's a praise that comes from men, 
And there was a praise that comes from God. And Jesus said, don't seek the praise that comes from men. Seek the praise that comes from God. You know, one of the things we have to learn to do is we really have to learn how to get back into God's presence. And, and God's presence is just you and him. We, we call it a secret history with God that has to become a place where you as an individual forge a history with God. And you have to learn how to live out of secret history with God. And one of the patterns, one of the places that we see this idea of secret history with God. When God called Moses and Moses in the wilderness just by himself, the Bible says that he looked and he saw a bush that was burning but not consumed. And in that place, God revealed himself to Moses in that secret place, that place of solitude, that place by himself. God revealed himself to him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in that secret place, that place of intimacy, that place of aloneness, that place where it's just him and God, God revealed to Moses what he was called to do. But not only in that secret place that God revealed to Moses what he was called to do, but in that secret place, God also taught Moses how he was going to use him, how he should function. You know, but there are many people in this hour who never developed a secret history with God. You know, they said that some were sent and some went and um, no, some were were sent um, and, and some went and others just bought a microphone and they went. And you just have to be aware and make sure that in the presence of God, saints, that you make your call and your election sure that you're not in a rush to. Just do something for God before you actually get to know God. You know, those who come my way, I will always instill in you a desire to want to know God. There's nothing, nothing compares to knowing God. You know, there's no platform, no accolades, no prestige, no clout that that prepare that compares to knowing God. As we talked about yesterday, everything else is done in comparison. But people aren't willing to avail themselves before God. They aren't willing to allow God to love on them. They aren't willing to allow God to heal them from the trauma of the past. Not willing to allow God to build them up, to fortify them, to form his character, his his nature in them. And then they go from a place of maturity, understanding knowledge and wisdom, and go out and impact the world. And there's a lot of princes who are trying to rule. And the Bible tells us, woe to the land when the princes rule because princes become oppressors because they don't have maturity, they don't have wisdom. And a lot of time, a lot of young individuals, they don't have wise counsel. They don't have the counsel of the elders to guide them because young men have strength, but those elders, those old men know the way. And we have to allow those older people that have, you know, who have character, but also have wisdom to show us the way, but you're your own person. You'll never be them. They can never be you, but they have wisdom from mistakes, wisdom from relationship that they can impart to you that can help you, you know? Um, but that's very important that we all get to a place where we develop that secret history with God. And I may do an entire podcast just talking about secret history with God. But tonight's focus, or this morning's focus rather, it's actually verse 10. It says, For do I now persuade men or God? 
or do I seek to please men? For if yet I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Saints, one of the things we have to understand is that if we're going to live for God, we have to learn how to live for the audience of one. Saints, there has to be a death to every voice but the voice of God to the degree that other voices have power or control over you. That reveals the degree of your spiritual maturity. You know, I've been dreaming a lot recently and the Lord is preparing me for things that are about to take place um, in my own life. And because God is revealing those things to me, I'm having to become mentally prepared. But the Lord has been speaking to me and he made it clear to me last night that if I try to please men, I can't serve God. You know, and in this generation, we have those that you may look up to and those that you that may have influenced you in other ways. But saints, at the end of the day, you have to get to a place in your walk with God where you only are okay with living for God and God alone. I had a very troublesome dream a couple of nights ago, and it was about someone that I looked up to and I used to, I, I loved greatly at one particular point. But in the dream, they were undermining me and who I was, and it was hurtful, and I woke up troubled. It was very hard to go back to sleep, but the Lord was dealing with my focus and making me aware that if I want to please men, I can't serve him. And the first thing that God has to do, if you're going to be a leader or you're going to be a follower of his, God has to deliver you from the opinion of people. Because if you care what people think about you, you're not going to be able to serve God effectively. And there are times in our lives where we want to be accepted. We want others to speak well of us or others to think good about us. But the Bible tells us, woe to you when all men speak well of you. It says, for so they did to the false prophets who are before you. Listen, being a believer is an offense in itself. And you're not trying to offend anybody. But the lifestyle you chose is an offense. And the Bible tells us to marvel not that the world hates you. The world loves its own. But when you make a decision to live for God, you've also made a decision to be persecuted. The Bible says all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, they will suffer persecution. If you have a desire to live right, you volunteer to be persecuted by people. And saying you're going to be persecuted by your loved ones, by your family, by your friends. Those who don't understand the decision you've made to live for Christ. But if you make a decision to live for God, if you desire to live for God, you are going to be persecuted. Um, I did a study on this. I had to be like 21. I told my friends, we did a Bible study. I was really into word studies at the time, but the word persecution in the Greek, it means to put pressure on to cause you to run or to go to flight which means that when you make a decision to live for God, there will be external pressures that will be placed upon you that will try to drive you back, make you give up and quit. But you have to, as a believer, make the decision to remove the give up option 
but also you have to make a decision that you're going to live from the inside out. You know, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. He didn't say you won't have trouble, but you had a responsibility of are you going to allow what's happening in the world to get in your heart? Because you can have troubles within, but if there's no troubles, troubles without, but if there's no troubles within, it has no power. We know the proverb that if there's no enemies within, the enemies without have no power. As a believer, you're learning how to live from the inside out and not the outside in. If you're if you're affected by everything happening in the environment, if you're affected by everything happening in the world, you're not spiritually mature. Because Christians are not supposed to be reactionary. They're supposed to be revelatory. A reactionary people wait for an event. And once an event happens, they respond. A revelatory people can foresee evil and hide themselves. A revelatory people know what's going to happen, but also they position themselves before so that when a thing happens, they don't have to react to it. They can transcend it. We are a transcendent people, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, chosen that we should proclaim the praises of him um, who called us. And so when we talk about living for the audience of one, the first thing that God has to do is deliver you from the opinions of people. And there are times where we really care what people think about us. But the only opinion that should matter is what God thinks about you. You know, I laid in my bed and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you know I love you and you know what my motives are, I said, Lord, I'm okay with that. Because there will come along people who don't know you, that don't know your heart, that don't know what you stand for. And they will persecute you and they will speak evil of you and they will speak all manner of evil against you falsely for the name of the Lord. But if you're trying to please people, it's going to be hard for you to live for God because the opinions and the things that people will do, it will always move you. You're going to be tossed to and fro by the wind of sea and you're going to literally be controlled by other people. But God wants to get you to a place where he untethers you from what people think. Because all that's going to matter is what God thinks. As a believer, you're living for the audience of one. And you have to live a life as if God is the only one exists that exists. And all that matters is what God thinks and how God feels about what you're doing. If the Lord is pleased and everyone else is angry, you have to be able to transcend the anger of men and rest in the pleasure of God. If the Lord is pleased and all people are, are, are sad or, or offended, you have to be able to transcend what people think. And also you have to be able to rest in the pleasure of God because there will be time where God will stir up things around you so that you can choose your loyalty. The Bible tells us that, you know, I cannot serve two masters. You, you can't, you know, you're going to hate one or love the other. And, you know, to be an effective believer you have to have a passionate love for Jesus and a perfect hatred for Satan and all his works. There has to be a love-hate dynamic. You have to hate hate the enemy and love God, both with a passion. You have to hate the devil passionately and all his evil works. And you have to love God passionately and all his awesome wonders. But when God is trying to make you into a leader, you cannot try to please me, right? That it's a paradox that they are on different ends of the pendulum. 
You either are a people pleaser or you're a God pleaser. What's the difference? A people pleaser lives for the pleasure of people. And because he lives, he or she lives for the pleasure of people, it means that people are their God. It means their reward will be what people think about them. Their reward will be people's praise and people's approval. And there are those who are God pleasers. And it means that they're living only to please God. Why? Because the Bible tells us if a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies at peace with him. If you focus on pleasing God, God will take care of all the details. There will be people who don't like you. And when, when you are pleasing God, God, the king's heart is in the Lord's hand. He turns out however he chooses like the rose water. God can turn stony hearts into sensitive hearts. God can alter people's perception of you. But if you're living in a way where you're trying to be accepted, confirmed, validated and and approved by people, you're going to miss what God has for your life. You will always live a lower standard and a lower quality of life than what God intends because God wants you to grow to a place because the old adage is if you live for people's applause, you're going to die from their criticism. And that's really what happens. Like when you, there are people that from afar you may look up to, you may respect, you may admire and I've been in circles, I, even over these last two years, when I was building my school, I was connected um, with a particular circle. And when I was in that circle, man, it's like you get in there and you really want the approval of the people that are big in this movement in that circle. And man, when, when I was able to, to maneuver in certain circles and I saw how people moved, it was treacherous. And it really was offensive because I, I, I put these people on a pedestal. And I didn't expect the people to move um, a certain way. And it was very devastating to me because I wanted to be accepted by the people that were high up in that movement. But God began to reveal to me that that was not important to him. What was important to God is that I stayed focused on the course. What was important to God was that I grew into who he called me to be. What was important to God is that I became blind, right? See, that's what real prophets do. You know, we learned a long time ago, a prophet is a seer who prophesies people blind. A prophet is a seer who prophesies people blind. When a real prophet prophesies to you, they blind you to everything that is happening in the present. And they, they make you aware of what's going to happen in the future. They blind you to your circumstances. They blind you to your situation. They blind you to your persecution and they make you aware of what God sees and what's to come. And God himself has a prophetic nature. And there are times where God will blind you to what's happening to you so you can see what he's trying to do for you or in you and through you. But living for the audience of one is so important because in life, you know, whether it be in, when you're at the, work, at the place of employment, in your familial context and ministry, you have to ask yourself, are you really pleasing to the Lord? Because the Bible tells us that there's no other foundation than that can be laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation. But after Jesus, Jesus has given every man, every woman, raw materials to build a house. He's given you, you know, you had a, you had a potential to build with, you know, with, with straw, 
with with um wood and with stone brick you have the option to build with gold silver and precious jewels but what god will do is god is going to try every man's work everything you've been building since you're a believer everything you've undertaken in the name of the lord you know everything you've engaged in it's going to be tested with fire and if your your motivation was wrong you're going to suffer loss you're not going to reap any rewards you're going to lose everything you were building and you know and this this testing does not just come after death in life god tests everything with fire so that things that are not like him will be destroyed and and there are things that people are building things that people are doing um that don't please the lord because their motives are not pure they're not living for the audience of one they're living for the clout they're living for the prestige they're living for the the notoriety that comes from men. They want to pat on the back from men. They want to be approved and validated by people, but they're not pleasing unto the Lord because their motives are pure. Purity of motive determines the pleasure of God. If you want to please the Lord, your heart has to be pure. You have to be pure when you speak. You have to be pure in mind, pure in motivation. Your only motive should be for the glory, the praise, and the honor of God. But in life, you, you're going to walk amongst people. And if you're living for the audience of one, it pleases the Lord. Because, like I said, I just see a young man walking on the path. And I see the Lord looking out of heaven with a spotlight upon that man. And it's like that man is aware that the Lord is pleased with him. And that man is comfortable that God is pleased. And suddenly in my vision, I see rows of people who are angry, offended, and upset with this man but because he's living in the pleasure of god and living for the audience of one all they can do is look they cannot touch him because he's under the hedge of god's protection he's not moved by them because god has surrounded him with a wall of fire but his focus is the finish line his focus is pleasing the lord on his journey and saints that's the mind that god wants us to have god wants you to be a man or a woman whose obsession is to please the Lord. And we have to become people who desire to please the Lord in our actions, please the Lord in our words, please the Lord with our thought, please the Lord with our motives. Now, the thing about being a believer, when you're a believer, this is not a performance-driven thing. It's not about your performance. As a matter of fact, you start off from the place of pleasure because the Bible tells you that, you know, God may he accepts you in the beloved. God accepts you fully. But under the the, the um, umbrella of God, you start off as a babe. I want you to imagine a babe. I want you to imagine that a baby is born with no responsibility. A baby is born without a care in the world. When this baby is born, you just pour into that baby. You feed that baby. You, you, you watch that baby and that baby starts to mature. And there comes a particular point in the baby's um, growth where you begin to have a different expectation of the baby. The things the baby were able to do when they were a newborn, they're not they're not able to do when they're nine months and able to do when they're one or when they're two, because there's a different expectation, responsibility placed upon that baby. And that baby has to learn the difference between right and wrong. And when we grow, when we are born out of heaven, we're born from above. We start off as children of the Lord, babes in Christ. 
and, and God surrounds you with elders and the seven spirits of God and, you know, the angelic host and God himself to raise you up and to help you on your journey. But then God's expectation of you begins to change because as God has the angelic host, the seven spirits of God, those elders, those leaders that God has surrounded you with, those friends, they all contribute to your growth. And God expects you to take something with the, 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 the instruction, the wisdom, the counsel, the fellowship you've been given. And he expects you to begin to apply it to your everyday life in a way where when you're around unbelievers or when you're in social settings or in circles that you're living for the audience of one. If I were to go to, you know, it, it doesn't matter where I go, wherever I am, I'm living for the audience of one. When I'm amongst my family, I'm living for the audience of one. When I'm at in ministry, ministering, I'm living for the audience of one. When I'm everything I do, I'm living for his pleasure because I want to be well-pleasing unto the Lord. And although we start off from a place of pleasure, we start off being perfectly accepted and a beloved Jesus Christ, we also have a responsibility to grow up and mature. The Lord expects us to begin to mature and the way we think to mature and the way we live to mature and the way we walk. And this is why grace is so important, because grace is there for you as you grow. But God does expect you to grow and God does expect you to be well pleasing unto him. And there'll be times where God will push you into environments that are anti-Christ or anti, um, yeah, anti-Christ, anti-love. And he expects you to remain committed to him no matter what everybody else has going on, because living for the audience of one is being fully committed to pleasing the Lord and all that you say and do fully committed to pleasing the Lord and the posture of your heart. Because, you know, the Bible says that men looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And there are times, saints, where, you know, to everyone else, we got everything together. We got all our ducks in a row. But even though you can hide, you know, in front of people, the Bible says that everything is naked and bare in his sight. God looks into the heart and from the heart is where evil things come from. And God's going to deal with our heart saints because he wants to purify our hearts. So we're pure and that we can really begin to have the impact that he wants us to have. We have to lay our hearts open before the Lord and allow God as a light to probe every dark area of our heart so that God can de um, demolish and deconstruct the idols that we put in our hearts and deconstruct the strongholds that we believe that stop us from pleasing the Lord in the way that we operate, the way that we speak, and the way that we think God wants us to be pleasing unto him. And we have to live for the audience of one that when everyone else frowns upon you, as God smiles, you're okay. And you can get so caught up in God's pleasure and God's presence and God's attention and God's eye, his heart towards you, that you really become blind to what everybody else thinks. Because what's highly esteemed among men is an abomination to the Lord. But we have to be like Adam. We have to be naked and unashamed before the Lord. That I have nothing to hide, that I mean what I say and I, I say what I mean and I, I did what I was supposed to do. Because my motivation was to please God and not in a flippant way, not in a prideful way, not in a condescending way. People don't have to know that you're living for God's pleasure, but you have to see yourself as living for the audience of one. That is just you and God. And, and we, we want, the, we want the, the, the thing that that Stephen had. The Bible says that, you know, when Stephen was being stoned, that Jesus stood up to receive him. How many times in life have you been walking Amongst difficult situations, pressure, trials, tribulations, persecution. 
And the Lord was so pleased with you that he stood up to receive you. And we're not talking about you dying, but the Lord, it was a standing ovation because at that moment you looked just like Jesus. You know, we, we want to look back over our lives and have countless moments where we receive that standing ovation from the Lord, where the Lord stands up and he's pleased because you look just like him. And, and, and the, the testimony can be that as he is, so are we in this world that when, when they saw you, they saw Jesus, that, you know, your motivation was to magnify his name. Your motivation was to lead others into an encounter with him because you saw yourself as an ambassador of Christ who's been given a ministry of reconciliation that Christ is in you, um, imploring others to to be reconciled to God. That's what ministry is about, that, that you're Christ's hands, you're Christ's feet, you're his lips, you're his mouth, and he's using you to do the same thing he did 2,021 years ago in Jerusalem, that he's not limited to the body of one Jew, but now he's in the lives of millions of people who he hopes that they will yield and they will clear the clutter and they will fully surrender and allow God to take away the things that stop their soul from shining so that when, when people see you, your soul shines, that you're so full of the light of God, that people see your good works and they glorify your father, which is in heaven. Saints, we have to get back to the place where we live for the audience where, what is, where you're not people pleasing. You know, the Bible says don't do things with our service. There's so many things we do just so people can see us. We have to let it go, you know, it, or it's men pleasers. There's so many things we do so that people can say good things about us. We have to let it go. We have to get to a place where my affirmation, my praise, my glory, my honor comes from God. And anything else a person does is, 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 is a trinket in comparison to the meaty, the weighty, the, 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 the priority, which is God. That when I get through ministry, I can go into God's presence and I intuitively become aware that God was pleased with me. Boy, it's not about becoming a household name. It's not about getting clout. It's not about expanding your ministry, but it's about making God known in the earth as a pure vessel, as a mature son, as a daughter that's full of glory, honor and praise. Saints, we have to get back to this. You have to live for the audience of one. There's no greater obsession than to please God. That should be the object of everything you do. And I'm not talking about being holier than thou. I'm not talking about looking down on people who've not chosen to live the lifestyle you live. But I'm saying being so focused on God's presence, being so focused on God's pleasure that you're blind to people. Because if you try to please men, you cannot serve Jesus. Because there may be things that Jesus wants you to do that will offend people. There may be things that Jesus wants you to do that may upset people. But if you're true to God and you're living for his pleasure, you realize that if my ways please the Lord, he'll make even my enemies at peace with me. Saints, we have to get to a place in our walk where we truly live for the audience of one because we want that praise and that honor and that glory that comes from God. You want to hear that, that, that sound that Jesus heard when the Lord said, when, he, when the voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, which means that you've grown to a place well, your nature has been so transfigured, your mind has been so renewed and transformed that when I see you, I see Jesus. And I know that God backs you in all that you do. And I know that you are a full representation of the will of God being made manifest in the earth.
So when I see you, you're showing me what God wills. You're showing me what pleases God. You're showing me how God views things. You're not you're not negating responsibility to 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 live in a way that's honorable and pleasing to the Lord. But in these times, we have to live for the audience of one. Because if not, people are going to come along, saints. They're going to make you their slaves. They're going to make you their puppets. They're going to make you their their um, steps to be walked on, the street to be walked on, because you're not focused on God. And you became so focused on what people thought about you. You became so focused on what people you know, said about you that you shot back and you missed God and you were afraid of persecution but not being aware that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And what a person thinks about you is not as important as what God thinks about you because men look at the outer appearance, but God looks right into the heart. And saints, when God looks into your heart, you want the Lord to say that he was well pleased because it's all about living for the audience of one and bringing full pleasure to God our Father. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Empyrean. If this episode blessed you, please do me a favor and share it on your social media or with your friends, family, and loved ones who you feel like need to be encouraged as well. Also, be sure to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram to let me know what you learned, how it helped you, and how it blesses you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and be sure to subscribe for further notifications of future episodes. God bless you.